in the East Coast. More than 10 million people have been under hurricane watch and warning. Paid attention to the news yesterday because of the hurricane. There's been immense rain, some places receiving 20 inches of rain and flooding that ensues because of that. I mean, you can imagine that people on the East Coast have been kind of consumed with this, paying attention to all the news updates and the latest on the hurricane, how it's going to affect them. Have you ever been at a place in life where you're just consumed by something? It, it involves your every waking moment. Maybe a family member is sick or ill. Maybe an accident or tragedy happens or divorce rips apart a family. Well, I think it's safe to say that the dad of this boy was consumed by his demon possession and had been since he was a little boy. And this gives us the opportunity this morning to ask, do we trust in God only when things go smoothly, only in fair weather? Or do we even trust in God in the midst of adversity? Just to give you a little bit of context to this section, Jesus had just been transfigured in front of his inner circle of disciples, Peter, James, and John. He was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. We're told his face shone like the sun. His clothes were whiter than all the bleach in the world could bleach them. In other words, Jesus showed them a portion of his glory as God. And those disciples, they saw Jesus talking with two of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah. And then they spent the night up on the mountain. And the next day, they came down to this situation. The other nine disciples were there, and a man had brought them his demon-possessed son to drive out the demon. Easy peasy. I mean, they'd done this multiple times before. There's two other times in Mark's Gospel where Jesus specifically gives them authority to drive out demons, and we're told they drove out many demons. But this time, they couldn't do it. Add to that the fact there's a large crowd around, and in the midst of that crowd there are teachers of the law, and we're told when Jesus got there they were arguing with the disciples. One can only presume they were in some way poking their finger at them. Ah, you can't even drive out demons, and you said you could. So what made this time different? The father of the story literally says the disciples did not have the strength. Now, that's true in a couple of senses. First of all, they themselves did not have the strength to go around driving out demons. That came from Jesus' word, his promise, his command. But I guess that really leads us into the deeper understanding here. The disciples didn't have the strength of faith. Now, this is really interesting to stop and think about because we're told they had driven out demons many times before, so what's different here? Well, it appears that the demon didn't come out immediately this time, and the disciples gave up. Instead of persisting, instead of putting their trust in Jesus' word and promise, their authority that came from Jesus, they gave up. I mean, they were really, I guess, trusting in themselves. I mean, after all, they were professionals. They'd done this before, and so then when it didn't happen right away, they quit trying. Does the same happen to us 
that we know and trust the promises of God, but then when things don't go the way we want, that faith, that trust wavers? Maybe think about your prayer life. God encourages us to be persistent in prayer, right? We know this. And yet, so often, I'm not. Instead of learning obedience, instead of learning patience as I wait patiently for the Lord and His timing and answer to my prayers, what, what happens so often? I don't see them happening when I want or the way I want, and so I get frustrated and give up. I, I mean, have you ever thought, how many blessings have we missed out on because we aren't persistent in our prayers? Because we don't see them being answered the way we want, and so we think, well, that must be that. That must be an answer. Let, let me get even a little more specific. Let's say as a pastor, I start looking at my work as a job. I know this. I know what I'm doing. I've done it before. I'm a professional. Same attitude as the disciples, right? Well, then all of a sudden, the focus shifts from this is the word of the Lord to I know what I'm talking about. You need to listen to me. It's not just that that can happen to me as a pastor, but that can happen to all of us as Christians where the focus becomes on knowledge. I know this! Instead of on an active and living trust in the words of our God. And so we, along with the disciples today, need to recognize our own weaknesses in faith. Then you have Jesus come on the scene. The father of the demon-possessed boy explained what had happened. That the demon would throw him to the ground, make him foam at the mouth, make him gnash his teeth and convulse violently. I mean, that's heart-wrenching to hear, isn't it? But did you pay attention to Jesus' response? Sometimes we, we, don't all, we, we read the Bible too quickly and we don't really pause to notice how shocking some of the things Jesus says in context are. So the guy is explaining what's happening to his son, and how does Jesus respond? Oh, unbelieving generation. That doesn't seem to fit, does it? What, it, what is going on here? Well, it's not just that Jesus is talking to that man, or even to the crowd in general. He's actually talking to his own disciples, too. He's talking to all of them there. Oh, unbelieving generation! See, in Matthew's Gospel, later on, when the disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we drive out the demon? You know how Je what Jesus answers to them? Because you have so little faith. They were trusting in what they could see instead of God's sure and certain word and His promises and authority. This is a very apt lesson for you and me as well. So like the disciples, we need to hear Jesus' rebuke here. We need to take that to heart for our weakness of faith. And we need to hear the words of encouragement there as well. It's not just that Jesus is rebuking. If He's saying, oh, unbelieving generation, He's also encouraging them, put your trust in Me. Put your trust in Me in the, as the one who has power over demons, who has power over the devil, who's defeated the devil on the cross. Even in our weakness of faith, Jesus calls to us and reminds us, put our trust in Him and in Him alone.
With just a few words, Jesus drives out this demon. He shows he has power over the devil and all demons. We know Jesus conquered the devil by the cross and by his resurrection to life again. And now the devil has no power over us. But at the same time, it doesn't always seem like that, does it? We can still see the devil actively at work in the world. And in fact, even though Satan knows he's defeated, he's like a pit bull that won't let go. He doesn't give up. He wants to take as many people along with him to hell. The devil's not going to stop until Jesus returns in Judgment Day. And that's why we have the encouragement from the Apostle Paul in our second lesson to put on the full armor of God so that we can withstand the devil's attacks. It's... It's, in other words, like the disciples, it's too easy to start trusting in ourselves instead of in God. Uh, have you ever heard someone, maybe there's someone in your life that you're concerned about, and so you go and try and talk to them about their faith, and they say, you don't have to worry about my faith. It's strong. You ever had that happen? You ever thought about how do you measure faith? Can you weigh it on a scale? Can you see the size of it? How does someone know their faith is strong? It's kind of a legitimate question, right? As a pastor, I've had many people say this to me. You don't have to worry about my faith, pastor. It's strong. Let's stop and think there for a moment. The devil would like nothing more than to just ever so slightly shift your faith off of Christ and put it on yourself. He did that with the disciples today, didn't he? where instead of trusting in Jesus' word and authority to drive out the demon, they started thinking, hey, we've done this before. I got this. I can do this. And then all of a sudden, their faith was weakened. So unless your faith is far stronger than the disciples, and even then, if someone really is saying, my faith is strong enough, their faith isn't in the words of God. Their faith is really in their faith, which is another way of saying their faith is really kind of in themselves. See, I'm concerned about my faith. God tells me to be. God tells me to be on my guard. He tells me to put on the full armor of God so that I can withstand the attacks of the devil. And the same is true for each of us. So the fact is, yes, I'm concerned about your faith just as I'm concerned about mine. And I want to take to heart God's words to put on that armor, to put on the belt of truth, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, to take up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Do you see the trap that the disciples had fallen into today? It really was a fair-weather faith. They had the promise of God. They had authority from God to drive out demons. And a number of times it worked. But what did they do when it didn't work immediately? They gave up. See, this is important for us, too, because God makes many, many promises to us, the most important of which are the forgiveness of our sins through Christ's death on the cross and resurrection to life and the promise of salvation we have through that, right? But he also makes promise to provide daily bread, to guard and protect and keep us. Do you believe it? Do you believe those promises of God? I guess I'll take the silence as a yes. Look, look, if we believe those promises of God, and we do, 
what do our external circumstances have to do with God keeping his promises? You know what I'm talking about? How, where, where is our trust really based? Is our trust in God and his promises based on how we see them fulfilled? If it is, then we're invariably going to be weakened in faith when we don't see God keeping his promises on my timetable the way I think he should. Right? And this is part of what God wants us to learn by persistence in prayer. It's not on my timetable. God's timetable is far different from mine and far, far better than mine. If we base our trust in God's promises on what we can see, on the external fulfillment of them, we're invariably going to be looking for that and be weakened and frustrated in our faith when it doesn't happen the way we think it should. Remember Jesus' words, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. All these things referring to what we eat or drink or wear, all the necessities of life. So take up that shield of faith and trust the promises of your God, regardless of your external circumstances. I think it's safe to say for us that like the disciples, like the father of this demon-possessed son, it's easy at times for us to have a fair-weather faith. The lesson for us today is really what those on the East Coast have been going through this past week. Preparing for a hurricane. I mean, today is a reminder for each, to each of us that it's easier than we might think to be weak in a specific situation. So like the disciples, to put your trust in yourself. I've done this before. I know this, right? Or like the demon-possessed boy's father where you're so overwhelmed by the situation, by what's going on, that you don't even realize the weakness in your faith. It's easy to lose sight of God's promises and for that trust to be shifted to ourselves. So as we close our devotion this morning, our prayer is the same prayer as that of the demon-possessed boy's father. I do believe! Help me overcome my unbelief! And you know what? God does that every time we hear his word and take it to heart. God strengthens that faith as we put on that full armor of God, as we trust in him and his word as our weapon against the attacks of the devil so that we can withstand the enemy's attacks. And by the grace of God, we will endure until the day God calls us heavenward. Amen.